to TSA, the Sports Academy Podcast, hosted by your boys, Robin Mill. We're here to bring you the hottest sports topics while blending analytics, opinions, and hip-hop culture. We broadcast raw and uncut from the south side of Chicago. No mute button, no filter. Class is now in session. Welcome back to the Sports Academy Podcast. Uh, uh. It's the first show of the new year. We're excited to be back with you guys. Well, technically the second show of the new year, but the first one we going to put out. I was going to give you a, 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 a pass, so I didn't want to put you out, but since you brought it up, this nah, is volume 20.2 today. <laughs> I'm like Eminem and uh, 8 Mile, fam. I'm going to put all my dirty secret out there before, uh, yeah, <laughs> before so you team me out here. It's still my ammunition. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. All right, so yeah, we had some technical difficulties. We had to remove the pie the other day, so we're going to re-record yeah, better than ever. I so. think it's going to be better. We got more news kind of on the way with the LeVar Ball stuff. We got more insight in the college football, obviously, which is a great game. Yep. Um, you know, college. Each day in sports, there's more news, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So it's so just more and more to talk about. Um, before we get into the, to the rundown, Rob, yo, how was New Year? How was holidays? What you end up doing? Like, you know. Just kind of give, give some people some insight what the uh, what the Nut family holiday is like, man. Oh, yeah. I got to spend some time at home with the family. A first Christmas with mom's back in. She moved back from Dallas, so now I don't have to go visit my mom in Texas. And my nice. guy in Missouri <laughs> got to kill two birds with one stone. Uh, Pops is recovering from a, a stroke he had a couple weeks ago. So Shout out. He's doing, he's doing well. He's our number one listener. Shout out Pops. Uh, Mill hit him up while he was in the hospital. I appreciate that, man. So uh, Mill looked out. Uh, my dad looks at Mill like a son now. So. <laughs> That's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah. So um, other than that, uh, I went skiing for the first time. Mill took me. Mill's getting. He's introducing me into some of his and all in a new hobby every few months. I feel like, but I appreciate him like making me a little more cultured. Yo, what's funny is though. So we go. We by the head up go skiing, and so I pick up Rob from you know from a spot. And it's like, mind you, we're in Chicago. There's like negative two degrees, like zero degrees. For sure. And we're going to Wisconsin. (laughs) We're going to Wisconsin. My man Rob rolls up in sweatpants, like ready to go skiing, son. I was like, nah, dog. We had it right to dicks. Got my man geared up. I had on jeans, though. But still, still, that would have been all bad. All bad. All bad. Yeah, so I had no gear. Mill had to give me. No, so no, let's back it up. So (laughs) Mill. Text me at like 11.30 at night. I don't even see it until like the next morning. He's like, yo, I signed you up for class, for ski class, which he had just mentioned briefly the day before. He's like, yo, I signed you up for a one o'clock class. We'll be there to pick you up by nine in the morning. So this the is re- at 11.30 <laughs> at night, the night before. The reason why I did it, though, is because so you went back out. <laughs> the main reason yeah, he, why. He so knows like, me. Nah, he knows me. He knows me. But no, I appreciate you setting me up like that because it was well worth it. Time well spent. Oh man, it's nice on the slopes and I, now. And man. I'm natural, yo. I'm a natural. We so. gotta hit up like a uh, like a real ass like Breckenridge, Tahoe, yeah, Park City. Let's do it, man. I'm down. I just gotta work on my turns a little more. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So let's get in the rundown. We're gonna talk NFL playoffs. Yeah. Um, from there, we're gonna talk uh, Lonzo Ball or Lamelo Ball and Jello Ball, Levar in Lithuania. BBB. BBB. Um, their own brand, the brand exhibition game they ran the other day. On Facebook, it's just so much that goes into that. Um, from we're gonna move from 
it's crazy we're going to start with Lithuanian basketball because of <laughs> LeVar before the NBA midseason point, right? So that's going to be next. We're going to recap the MVP rookie of the year predictions from uh, that we made before the season start and what we think is going to have, if they're the same or if we change them moving forward. Uh, college basketball highlight standouts um, and also the national championship results. Yes. Yeah. With that being said. That's a dope rundown we got going. We about to hop right into that thing. Yeah, let's do it, man. So NFL playoff recap. I'm with a few games. Obviously, it's wild card weekend as, you know, uh, the NFL season is kind of winding down. Wild card weekend, I think, is the most exciting because you have so many teams that are kind of up in the air. A lot of teams that are 10 and 6, records around, you know, that, that number getting to the playoffs. And, and they've been be- in playoff mode for a few weeks. Probably. That's Most true. of these teams in That's wild card weekend. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, do or die, right? Um, every week becomes a do or die mode. And the games are can be close just because the teams are so closely well-matched. Right. Uh, so, let's get to the first game. Obviously, Chiefs, Titans. The tell of two halves, for Bro, sure. what the hell happened, fam? 21-3 20, Chiefs first half, 19-0. Second half, Titans. 22-21 total. 19 unanswered? 19 unanswered. Uh, points, yeah. Old. Not even a field goal. Yeah. Um, pretty much just like a, a summary or a culmination of the season from the highs to the lows. Start out fast, pop them in the mouth. Team recovers. We hit a slump and couldn't recover. I think Alex Smith completed three passes for like 33 yards and four drives in the second half. After having like a second, I think the second highest most yards in the first half of a playoff game ever. It's like, how can you just make fall off so hard? But it was a combination of things. I think the coaches didn't play or coach well, a number of things. But the Titans did a lot, a lot of good things. I think Mariota, he, he didn't play well early on, but he, he stepped it up and he just played with heart. You could tell he wanted it a little more. That last block yeah. to seal the game was, yeah. was just definitive of that. Yeah, nah, for sure. Um, when you look at it too, I mean, <laughs> Marcus Mariota. This was funny though. So I'm sitting there back, I'm looking at the like at the game. And I'm like, all right, I wonder what Rob's doing right now. I'm not gonna hit him up. Not gonna blow up his phone. I'm sure he's at a bar somewhere going crazy to KC because they're up so big right now in the first half. Easy, easy pickings, um, you know whatnot. But in reality. Uh, you were at home, you said, right? Watching game by yourself. By myself. That's <laughs> how I do play out. Yo, what was it? Three years ago, I, I was a part of the 28-point meltdown with the Colts. I know what the Chiefs can do to us now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what's crazy, though. So, Marcus Mariota throws the first ever playoff touchdown to himself. Right. I believe it might have been the second time only a quarterback has ever done that. Period. Yeah, Barry Johnson has done it. Um, which is kind of just a literally a culmination of how the night was kind of I think headed towards you guys. Um, the questions remain in the offseason. What does Andy Reid do? Uh, what does you know uh, the ownership do in Kansas City? That they get rid of Alex Smith, which I think he's probably going to be gone. They get rid of Andy Reid. You know his uh, his quarterback coach or offensive coordinator just got a job with the Bears. Matt Nagy. Yeah. So which I'm surprised because it seems like they didn't really develop Alex Smith that well. He had his career best year, and he's had a career. He's had his career the last two or three years. So maybe they push him to his max. So that's probably exactly okay. Okay, I can see that. Exactly, I can see that. It's, I mean, his career year was four thousand and forty-two yards. Yes, most people get that in like week twelve. Yeah, or, or the, the first season. <laughs> Deshaun Watson was probably well on his way. Well on his way. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was the first game. Chiefs haven't won a playoff game since Joe Montana in 94 at home. And so the streak continues. Uh, the next game was the Bills and Jaguars. Yeah, so this was a, a weird little game just because you had, um, you know, really no offense for the most part. Um, it finished off. What was the score? The final score like ten three, right? Ten three. Yeah. So no offense the most part. Uh, they the Jaguars got a touchdown on a um, on a goal line stance. Don uh, Bortles threw to his tight end, and it was a fourth down. It was a fourth and goal, right? So they took a risk there, wanted to get a score, uh, and then not to mention it was risky for the one touchdown score. That's right? what I'm saying. So I, I guess I guess as a coach, you must. I guess you've seen so many games as a coach. Like, you have a feeling that every situation you've been through, yeah. we must be like, you know what? This is one of them games where if we don't take our shot now, we're never going to ever We're not going to make it back down the field. Yeah. <laughs> Bortles had 86 yards passing and 87 rushing. That's what I'm saying. So, so. yeah, we're not going to get to this point again. Uh, that was a Sunday game, actually. So, the, the second Saturday game was the Eagles. Was the, the Falcons and... The Rams. They played the Rams. Yeah, the Falcons and the Rams. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Falcons won 26-13. The Rams just weren't ready. I think experience played a part of it. The Falcons didn't look great, but the experience played a part of it still. <laughs> so I think really that in a nutshell, that was that game. Did you see anything stand out? Uh, you know, I wanted uh, Goff to take a little more risk. I think they were kind of playing him really safe. I think uh, McVay uh, was keeping him... Uh, Trying to, to to overuse Gurley, right? I think Gurley had a crazy second half of the season. I think he's your your NFL MVP. He's definitely my NFL MVP. Yeah, and if that's the case, then I think they featured him a little bit too much. I wanted to see them spread it around a little bit more. Um, but you know, I think it's a great season for the Rams. They just couldn't get it done uh, against you know the NFC uh, champs last year, the Falcons. And the Falcons might be a sneaky pick for a Super Bowl run. Yeah, like they're equipped. They have the experience. They're pretty healthy. They have a good chance. I still don't think their offense is clicking like it should, though. So that's what worries me. Um, yeah, but when you have guys like Matt Ryan, you have guys like Julio Jones. Um, you know, anything can kind of can kind of happen. Uh, you got well, they had two good running backs. I think Coleman's been injured, uh, and you have Devonta Freeman, who's just a beast and a touchdown machine. Uh, you really kind of never know that offense can be clicking and get hot. All you need to do in the NFL playoffs, as we all know, get hot at the right time, right? Yeah. The sad thing is, though, I don't really see that one team who's, like, super hot right now. Like, I thought it was the Eagles, but obviously went uh, went down. Um, the I, hot team to me is, are the, is the Saints. Who beat the Panthers 31-26? They beat a divisional team for the third time in the wild card. Yeah, that's it's just, true. It's just hard. They scored 31 points against the Panthers. And they got the run shut down, which they have the best running game in the, in the NFL. And they still made it happen. So they, they've shown they can win a bunch of ways. I think that's the hottest team going into the playoffs right now. The New Orleans Saints. Um yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I could agree with that. And so I think that that wraps up the wild card week. The divisional round is coming up this weekend where the Falcons and the Eagles play, the Titans and the Patriots, the Jaguars and the Steelers, and the Vikings host the Saints. Oh, I need the Vikings and the Saints, man. I got some money in that, in that game, bro. I wish the Vikings and the Saints could play next round if possible. I think those are the two 
two really, I don't want to say the two teams because the Falcons are in it as well, but the Vikings are scary. Yeah, I mean, I think they have the top or this at least top two defense in the playoffs right now. From the beginning, I always thought that it would be the Saints and the Patriots meeting up uh, and beginning of the playoffs. It would be the Saints and the Patriots meeting up for the Super Bowl. And the reason why I say that is because the Saints now actually have a defense. They're yep. actually you know ranked in the top ten in defense. Um, they take the ball away. Uh, a lot of the interceptions, fumbles, Lattimore. They have they have some shut down corners, um, and they attack the quarterback. So Cameron Jordan. F- so from that standpoint, you still keep Drew Brees. You still got that high powered offense. You have two of the best running backs, a t- best running back tandem the NFL has almost ever seen from a yards perspective and just total yards uh, with uh, you know uh, Kamara and um, Ingram. And Ingram. So with that said. I think they're going to blow past the Vikings, and I think they're going to blow past the Falcons. It's another divisional game, which I think they'll play hard, but I think they have their number and get to, and get to the Super Bowl. Um, but also, too, for that reason, I mean, that's the reason why I put and took odds on them. I mean, from Vegas standpoint, New Orleans are plus 600, um, which is crazy. They're also underdogs against the Vikings, which I know the Vikings have a better record, and the Vikings are at home. So the home teams have been heavily favored because... Well, at least this past week, I know that, that all the home team were because last year the wildcard teams, all home teams, won. I'm not sure why that's the case for division. The division round, they're both indoor teams. They're both hot. So I don't know why it would be that way, really. And you would think that because Breeze has been here before and Case Keenum has not, you would think you'd give a slight edge or be more of a pick game, you know, where it's pretty much even. Case um, has some playoff experience, all right. I'm not sure. Little, I think he may have played in Houston. Um, but it's not significant. No, we're no of course about. not. Yeah. Drew Brees. Right? And also, too, like I'm keeping my theory alive that in order to go to the Super Bowl or win, you got to have elite quarterback play. And in the Super Bowl at this point, um, I mean, how many elite quarterbacks do we have? Uh, Mariota? No. Ben Roethlisberger? You would argue no. Uh, uh, Foles? Hell no. Hell no. Drew Brees? Yes. Uh, Tom Brady? Yes. Case Keenum? No. Bortles? No. And Matt Ryan, I mean, no, no. I'm so not, I'm not. I actually, I think you're. Uh, I do. I do think you're undervaluing the Saint or the Vikings, though. I think Case is playing some really good football. He's not elite, but he's playing borderline. I'm hot, approaching elite style of play football for right now. I guess what. what I like I like Case. You know he's up for he's a free agent, so he's up for you know a contract. He's gonna follow Pat Sherman wherever he goes. Yeah, and I think wherever he goes, he's gonna get 15 million bucks, and he'll be a starter somewhere in the league. His coach is gonna get him paid. Yeah, and he's shown that the fact he can win games if you put a good defense and two solid receivers. You know, and a tight end. Um, he has on, pretty on good edges. weapons. He's made it work. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that at all. And their defense. I, so I, so just running past just to just to debate it a little bit. The Vikings defense is legit. So Agreed. I think it's gonna be the best game of the weekend, so that's why I'm kinda talking about it. Like, and that's why you said you wanted it to be the next round for the exactly. NFC championship. It's gonna be a heavy hitter. Yeah. Um so because for instance the Titans are gonna get smoked by the Patriots. They're gonna go to Foxborough and stand oh, sure. no chance. Uh Dick LeBeau's defense is suspect when it comes to Tom Brady in offense, yep. that zone scheme blitz, Tom is going to pick it apart. Um, then we have Foles going against a young, fast, healthy Falcons defense. So he's going to struggle with uh, Jones at middle linebacker, Neil at safety, Dontari Poe at the middle. They just have players at every level with True Font Jr. and 
Mm-hmm. And Alfred on the other side. They just have a the Falcons. We don't talk about that, but the Falcons have a good defense. They do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a solid defense. It's pretty solid. They're fast. They're young, and they're growing. And I think they're going to be all over Nick Foles. Um, I hope the Jaguars put up another good fight because I really love watching their defense play. I don't care if they punt every possession. Like I want their defense on the field. Yeah, it's just yeah. a joy to watch. Just to kind of go back to your Vikings uh, like talk, right? So okay. out of these teams that are still left in the NFL, the Patriots are the best odds to win uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, next is actually the Vikings. For sure. I'm telling you. They have, they're Over built. the Steelers. I guess because I guess you know, the Steelers have to go through the Pats. Um, that makes some sense. Uh, but that is actually kind of shocking. You think that – so Vegas basically is guessing that it's going to be New England and the Vikings. I would not be surprised if the Vikings beat the Saints, even though I would pick the Saints to win a Super Bowl. But I think they're that close. I don't know if the Saints, or I don't know if the Vikings would win the Super Bowl because of the quarterback. But in this matchup, I think that the Vikings could very well beat the Saints. Yeah. Interesting. Those are my thoughts. Um, so that's football. Divisional oh. round coming up. Exciting stuff. Let's keep it moving to even more excited stuff. <laughs> LeVar Ball, you know, you can't get him off your TV. The media hates him, but the, their producers and their bosses say keep the mic in front of him because of ratings. Uh, and it's great. You know, people, you have people like Will Kane who just hate on him so much. Yo, I can't stand like, Will Kane. I can't stand man. Will Kane. He's such a hater. He is the ultimate hater bro like straight up just hater just will say anything Nate car salesman yeah like what are we talking about here did he not partnership with facebook to have live stream of his brand shoe branded game in lithuania like they're all in like fresh ball gear jerseys like (laughs) he did that dog he has his own he had his own exhibition game. That's amazing. <laughs> the refs were wearing Big Baller Brand that, Challenge. Like, that's some, jersey. That's the amazing to me. <laughs> like, he is out here hustling with no, with no, like, well, he's relentless with yeah, it. You know, I really love that. I really love that. So, shout out to the Ball family with, I don't know, with partnership with Facebook. Like, finding a new way with everything. You know, it's like, all right, we're going to use the media through the internet the largest website to do so facebook so that's awesome the crazy thing about ball is the ball um mellow and jello ball they actually are a part of the baltic league in lithuania they they left the baltic league to go play in this exhibition game um their team is actually currently in the baltic sea region's second most prestigious tournament right now so they like left the big tournament to go play in their own to support their own brand because their dad told them so. When you think about it, I mean, Lavar basically drew in 1.6 million viewers for a Lithuanian basketball game fan. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. he's I can't call him a snake car salesman. Hell no. He's slinging Teslas and Lambos, <laughs> you know, all type of expensive foreign cars and everything. I don't know. So that's crazy to me. Um, the Baltic League is let's let's shed some light on that. Uh, it's less important than the Lithuanian League, <clears throat> and so they have a bunch of it's lesser talent. So it's not as they're playing they're playing in scrubs essentially, and for lack of a better word, uh, they're also in this 
in the, I like to say in the exhibi exhibition game, they were playing against some lower level players as well, highlighted by Jello shooting turnaround jumpers. I felt like he was barely getting off the ground and just playing against really <laughs> non-athletic players to make them to make them look good. But let's like you know, let's obviously talk international let's, basketball, right? Because a lot of times people throw on this word pro and professional early in, in basketball yeah. at, in Europe because you can be pro at 14, 15 if right. you're good enough to play in the Euro in those leagues. And so in this, they don't have a college system. So in this case, they're 16 and 17 year old pro right. prospects. Right. Right. So they're not like, you know, this isn't top level talent where, you know, Jello is hitting, you know, turnaround jump shots and posting people up and, you know, getting moves off. These are 16 and 17 year olds that he's playing against. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess the reason I look at that is their goal is to make it to the NBA. And so this is a start, especially for Melo being 16. But Jello, you know, supposed to being in the Pac-12, supposedly playing in the Pac-12 right now with UCLA. Uh, this is just a step down for him playing against these type of talent. In my opinion, even though they're younger and they're pros. Yeah. Um, it's a step down, but what's his alternative? Because he would have, he wouldn't be playing in UCLA. He got suspended for the whole year. I mean, he could have been playing in the, the second largest tournament for his league. I mean, that would have been better. True. true. Uh, but he went ten for nineteen against these guys with nineteen points. So he didn't, he didn't play that well, in my opinion, from a shooting perspective. When that is his strong suit. And he played with his back to the basket in the post a lot of time for nine misses. I was telling you earlier, like it reminded me of like a rec league game where he's like posting everywhere. <laughs> like my man's like, you know, out of bounds play, he's like posting. Like three point line, he's posting like with everything. So Melo, on the other hand, I feel like is a little more promising. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well either. He sh I, think, I believe he was three for 10, shot it 10 times for 10 points. He, all he did dish out nine assists, a couple steals as well. So just this style of play, fair, I believe, would be really conducive for the international style uh, or style of play, which is just up and down ball screens, shoot pass, uh, with really spread court. I think it would work well for him. Mm -hmm. I think he has a little chance if if he decides to commit and play hard. I, I I don't see him play that hard, and that's my biggest concern. Talent will take you so far, but you have to work hard and want to be great to be great. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with these guys. Um, I think, you know, Jello obviously, I think, is the worst of the ball family from a player's perspective. He might have a, a career overseas, but, you know, from what I saw in the game, uh, yeah, he was 10 for 19, 19 points. Uh, he was using his body a lot, you know, really below the below the rim game, even though he had a, had a dunk or two. Um, but nothing was overly impressive, especially against guys that I thought you know, really couldn't guard anyone for the most part. I mean, I was looking at that game, I was like, I mean, I know, like, I'm, you know, it's funny, when you watch a, a hoop game and you're on the sidelines, no matter who's playing, you're always like, yeah, I, I can do that, I can, you know, I can run with these guys, right? Until you get on the court, but the I really thought, fast. like, I really thought I could run with those guys, at least, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it wasn't, I didn't see anything that was, like, overly, like, strong or jumping out the gym or super athletic that, to me, was just like, all right. They would just they would run me out the gym just being honest because I'm, yeah. I'm out of shape and the game is so fast. Yeah. But in terms of skill level, I would agree. I feel like if we just did like skill drills or one on one or twenty one, I'd farewell. <laughs> Hit you with the, the, the two dribble one on one. Yeah, yeah two dribble one on one. I have a chance, but um, I don't know. I think I like what the ball, the big baller brand is doing overall. 
they're they're relevant so they're doing something right they're making international moves already yeah so it's, i don't know I, I don't see how you can do anything bad you might not like their method but they're getting it done period. by any means bro period by so, any means so yeah so let's move on to basketball uh to the nba where you know what's happening in the league right now is super exciting uh we actually just finished watching okc um get their ass bust by the timberwolves um who's coming on really strong in the second half of the season um any surprises this year rob just from a league perspective what's happening you know we're already i think 42 or 43 games into the season almost um any surprises yeah um two two surprises i would say the first one's miami the heat yeah um, they're the biggest surprise. They've dealt with the most injuries over the season. It's 24 and 17, still in the fourth seed. Currently in the Eastern Conference, your boy Deion Waiters has been hurt. Uh, Whiteside's been hurt. Um, yeah, so I'm really impressed with them. Outside of that, I would say the Pacers at the AC, just simply because I didn't think Owen Depot could be that force to couple with Myers. Um, wasn't or Miles My, Turner? That's Miles Turner, yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised they're in the playoffs now. I don't know how long it'll be, but right now they're the eight seed. I got two surprises on from just from a negative perspective. Uh, I thought Milwaukee should be a lot better uh, with you know coming off a year where Giannis has had a crazy season, led his team in five categories. Which is um, dinner never been done, or he's like one of like twenty guys to do that, or something like that. Some crazy, some, some crazy stat. And the cool thing about you know uh, what Giannis is doing is the fact that he's impacting the game on so many levels: defensively, assists, rebounds, steals. And I thought it would project to more wins, but it's really not, right? And so that's my surprise. I wonder if Jason Kidd needs to get fired to realize that this team maybe has more potential. They're long, they're young, they're athletic. Um, but the, you know, maybe the problem is they don't have enough shooters on, on the they court. They need shooting. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then also, I mean, Philly. Is Jason, but Jason Kidd's also over personnel too, right? So I believe so. Still could be on him because they don't have enough shooting. Yeah. Chris Middleton and Snead are but consistent. But I Bledsoe would provide some of that. I know he's not like a catch-and-shoot J.J. Redick type shooter or Kyle Korver type, but more so a sense of, I can shoot the ball at the dribble, I can create some, and still, you know, if the, the, the ball swung back to me, I can put it up and, and, and knock knock a shot down. Absolutely. I think without him, they would be under 500 right now. He's added that, but not to the level you may have thought. Yeah. I don't look at him as a shooter, but he can definitely create his own mid-range, and that in itself helps because Brogdon wasn't really breaking a man down and finding his mid-range on his own. Yeah, that's true. Um, my next biggest disappointment was OKC. I thought OKC would be a top three seed, um, especially San Antonio without Kawhi Leonard, uh, who's been out all year. He came back for a little while. Now he's re-aggravated another injury. Um, I'm just not sure uh, what's happening. We just watched the game today with Tim Wolves. It seems like Russ has the fire. It seems like... Him and Paul George are not on the same page. It seems like Melo is still trying to figure out his role and his position. Is this a, is this a, a a a a an issue of them not being able to play together well, or the pieces just don't fit, or you know, is Russell literally just like you know a, me myself and I type player? I just don't see what the actual issue is. 
they don't seem disciplined as a team. Uh, at moments, very rarely you see them run good offensive sets or good movement where I feel like all of their, their stars or their better players are in position to be a threat. Uh, it's usually one pat. Greg Anthony said it best the other day on Players Only NBA TV that they run a lot of 90 sets where 90s basketball <laughs> sets where it's one one option. It's not multiple options within. So you you find your one option. If he doesn't have it, he might kick it. Or not. that's just the end of the play. Yep. So you see that a lot when watching OKC. And the other night they lost to the Blazers without Damian Lillard, and they. The Blazers were playing great basketball, but you just saw it like, oh my goodness, OKC is playing atrocious basketball with yeah. all these good players on the court. They just weren't. I don't know what it is. I think it's coaching. I think that uh, maybe Paul George needs to be the primary guy. That's what, that's something I feel like we're not really considering. He, which is gonna hurt him wherever he decides to go, because if he, he's not, I don't think they win if he's the focus. I don't think. That. I think that's the one of the biggest problems I have with Paul is the fact that he's a great two-way player or a good two-way player because he plays defense really well. Um, he's shooting the ball really well this year, surprisingly. He's shooting 44% from three, like 43% or 45% from the field. Uh, he's averaging 20 points per game uh, and not putting up a lot of shots, which, he's used, which he was used to in Indiana. What shocks me, though, is the fact that he's not being aggressive enough. Right, and it seems like it's very ISO ball, and he's not Kevin Durant, so he can't light it up for 50 or 40 or you know even 30 um, at any given time, and so it seems like this is literally uh, a poor man's Kevin Durant's team, and they're running these sets based off ISO ball, and so I was excited saying, listen, you got Kawhi injured, he has a torn a torn shoulder, torn uh, I think left shoulder, uh, you have. Uh, Steph and Katie are in and out the lineup for Golden State constantly for little small nagging injuries or you know, just rest, whatever whatever it is. You got James Harden out with a torn hand, with a tear in his hamstring. This is a perfect time for OKC to get into a second or third seed easily. Instead, they're seventh seed. They're healthy, like why not, right? So I, I don't know. I, I see it. I actually put some uh, put some put some cash down on Russell Westbrook. Uh, getting uh, an MVP uh, not he's what he's a little less than half of a rebound away from averaging a triple double all over again exactly so. so if they if they can win some games and get to a third seed or even a second seed or you know make some noise in the second half I think it's easy uh, it could be very possible for Russell to get a second MVP back to back you know how voters like to hold back to back though so really quick shout out to Kevin Durant just breaking 20,000 points career points in school in the NBA. That's tough to do. Doing it before 30, he joins the club of Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Very exclusive club. Very exclusive club. 20K before 30. Kitty's having a hell of a season, man. 25.9 points this season. He could average more if he was playing by himself. Um, you know, he's shooting the ball really well. And, and he's trying to be a playmaker a lot more, too, now. He's... Yeah. I mean, he's shooting the, from three at 39%. So yeah, so another thing, really quickly, right now he's forty fourth all time on the all time list with twenty thousand, but he's nine hundred and forty one points away from jumping all the way past Walt Bellamy at thirty five. So in, in nine hundred and forty points, which is a season, no, that's, that's less than a season, less half than a season. season. That's probably like a quarter of a season. Yeah, 
quarter of a by the end of this by the end of this year he should he should jump that probably. For sure, right? Think, you think about so it's it. It's 941 points. This will be passing Antoine Jameson, Tom Chambers, Joe Johnson, Paul Gasol, Mitch Richmond, George Gervin, yeah. David Robinson, Bob Pettit, and Walt Bellamy. These are this is pretty decent. He's gonna be better than all these players, but to be before third to be twenty nine in passing. Yeah. Passing you, David Robinson at twenty nine. Do you think he's uh gonna go down as the one of the greatest scorer of all time or do you think it's just gonna be uh or do you think he's gonna be like the, like the leading scorer in nba history he's gonna be the all-time leading scorer in nba history when he retires that's mind-blowing um lebron will be there first you think, so you think lebron gets it first just because he gets there yeah and then KD breaks in KD three passes, four years yeah, yeah a couple of seasons after um and i think he will go down as one of the better scorers of all time just being able to score in a plethora of ways as he continues to add that post game, is you can't stop him. Where do you rank him as just like scores? Maybe not like you know. I guess going back, going back to just like what what we've seen. I know those yeah. are obviously guys who so, um, listen, listen to the pod and definitely give some 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 insight on some guys played in the seventies and what whatnot. But for sure, just from the, your your standpoint off the top. See, I think with scoring, there has to be an attitude to be amongst the best, the greatest of all time. And I think he has it that where it turns on and off. So from a skill level, he easily ranks at the near the very top. But once you put him in game situation, game moments, he falls a little bit for me. Yeah. I, I still would probably put him just without, would you just asking me a question, I would probably put him top 10 of all time, period, in, in scoring the ball in the game. In the yeah, now nah, for game. sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think if you take with the big men, because I, I see them as, I guess you can say they're scorers, but I'm thinking like, you know, inside, outside guys can dribble, shoot, pass. Um, we got a three point game, an inside game, a yeah. fadeaway game, right? So, like, off yeah, off yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I wouldn't consider Shaq a scorer. He was just dominant because he was big and talented. Um, but I wouldn't consider him a scorer. So, if you take away all the big men um, and you just take a look at the perimeter guys, I think he's probably, you know, off the top of my head, top 10, top five, close yeah. um, from a skill set standpoint. Um, I mean, I got guys like, you know, Tracy McGrady, right? Who's just a score, right? Kobe Bryant, a score. Michael's a score. Um, you know those kind of guys. Allen Iverson. I would put Kevin Durant over T Mac. Really? Right now, and I love T Mac's game. Right now. Hmm. All right, T Mac had what? He had like 11, 11 points. Nah, he could, that, that was more of an attitude thing. You're right. He was a killer. He was just cold. But I, I just wouldn't put. A, I would take Kevin Durant in the three point shooting contest over. Nah. What about what about Iverson? It's an attitude thing. Kevin Durant's a way more efficient scorer than Al. Of course. And so that's that kind of goes into like AI's a dog. So I would give he's more of a dog than Kevin Durant. But all I mean, all those guys led the league in scoring. At, you know, from there, you know, for years and years. You know, a lot of them. Time. A lot of them did it from more of will than skill. I think Kevin Durant's doing it more from a skill perspective than will. Do you think he'll go go down as the? Like an underrated player, like you know how like now we're living the moment like Kevin Durant's great. He's this. He's second best player of all time. Some, I mean, uh, in the league today, and some people are saying he surpassed LeBron, mm -hmm. right? Because you live in the moment. But when you look at his career, like take a step back, 10, 20 years from now, I might be one of those guys if he if this is all he does and just be like, you know what? He was very underwhelming or underperforming from a standpoint of him not being able to take win more MVPs, him not being able to take more control again, you know, over games. I don't. I don't know. Depends on how you. Kobe has one MVP. Just depends on how many championships he gets. I mean, Kobe was very overrated, but you know, that's just. He definitely deserved more than one MVP, but 
Um, Steve it depends on how many. It depends on how many championships he gets. I think. So I think that determines that. Someone brought up a good point. I was watching on players only. I think that we forget players. This kind of goes to the point. We're getting off topic, but I'm enjoying it. I'm exactly. But uh, this goes a little bit to the point uh how rings matter and if lebron lebron can't finish with only three and be in this top two conversation in my opinion because we have to just really quickly we have to look at for instance dom they were brought up dominique wilkins was a great phenomenal player like he was dominant but he they said it wasn't his fault that he played in atlanta with the hawks but we judge him for that we like subconsciously we don't look at dominique wilkins as a dominant threat from the late 80s to the 90s we don't even outside of a dunking contest we don't talk about him because he has no rings i don't think he has any moments either though because you have to be on a good team to get there okay yeah okay he doesn't have good a lot of moments he I mean, never had a squad but he put up numbers and did his job but yeah i mean they were always in the playoffs and he was doing his thing like you know so there's going to be players like that that'll be if they were in different situations they might have had a whole nother career written because that their game was like that of course, but that's, if Dominique was in the league today, he would have been finished out his rookie contract, may have signed an extension, and got that seven-year, you know, all-in seven-year deal, and then and then bounce like most of the guys do who get drafted to sucky, sorry teams who are very good. LeBron, KD, and you know the list can can, can continue. So it seems to me that those guys will always the agency wasn't the same. Yeah, exactly right. So those guys will always be in the league no matter what. Some guys just never get you know uh, a, a fair shot at a good team. But from, you know, that perspective and Kevin Durant, I do feel like one day we're going to look back and say it was under underperforming based on all his on his total skill set. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. All right. That's all. All right. Let's get into the MVP. Yeah. So right. who'd you have? You had, who'd your, who was your MVP um, beginning of the year? James Harden. And so right now he's a leader, but with his injury, we'll see. I still think um, he comes back. In a month, I think that'll give him enough time to release February, March, April. Yeah. Still give him time to, to hold that down. Yeah, if it's not a nagging injury, I mean, the problem, I, I'd ra- I would rather him almost like, you know, break his hand or like, you know, break a bone where you know you have a time frame, it can heal, it can come back healthy. The problem with these like muscle injuries, anything can happen, right? He tore his hamstring. Um, if he tweaks it wrong, again, he's out for the count again, right? Um, but my VP, I had uh, LeBron James. Um, the reason why I had LeBron just because of the fact that I thought, you know, Isaiah was out for, you know, some uh, the, the first, the, the first, the first half of the season. Uh, LeBron's going to do what he does. He's playing super well. He's averaging 27 points per game. Um, you know, nine assists, 8.2 total rebounds. I mean, he's having a career year in assists and rebounds. A little bit down in scoring, but still beating, you know, his career average. So. In my eyes, I thought it was LeBron James. The problem is they're not winning any games. You don't win games, I don't think you get MVP. Russell won 51 last year, or yeah, 51 games last year. Yeah, I mean, but it took a historical season. Yeah, I agree. James Harden, right now he's averaging over 32 points a game. He's down from 12 assists a game last year to just, what is it? 9.1. 9.1. LeBron's career high. It's a down year for LeBron. <laughs> exactly. It's a down year for James Harden. So he's the to me he's the MVP right now. Yeah. He's hurt. He's shooting better from the three than LeBron barely. Um, but 
everyone we have listed for MVP talk, Giannis, DeMar, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook, James Harden is leading all of these guys. We're tied with Kevin Durant for top of three. LeBron's right beneath them. Yeah, I mean, none of the 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 interesting thing is none of these guys were, I think, surprises going into the, the league. I mean, going into the season. Maybe DeMar, you might not have had him, you know, up there. Um, I feel like last year you had that that sixth or fifth spot that was kind of up for debate i think we debated isaiah yeah Thomas. we debated i had john, john wall, wall and isaiah and some other players you know uh now though this season it seems so cookie cutter right there are no big time like you know surprise like an it4 coming out of nowhere and then being a beast in the fourth quarter um you know one of the stats that i really like and looking at as far as MVP is value over replacement. It's basically the same stat they use in baseball for like the war, which is like wins above replacement. Uh, which people means that they- probably put Kyrie over DeMar. A lot of people would actually, I know you wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't put Kyrie over DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. Or in this, at least in this as a seventh. Oh, he could be a seventh, you know, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Jimmy Butler could be an eighth and you can continue to, uh, on the list. Not Jimmy Butler. I mean, what, they're fourth in the, in the West? He's leading the team in, I think, in scoring or something like that. I mean, why couldn't he? He's the best defender. He had a hell of a game this, you know, today against OKC. Carl Anthony Towns, their best player. Yeah, but he's not showing it this year. I mean, it's how you show it, right? Uh, the stuff that I like is uh, value over replacement player. And basically, he says if you take out this player, how does your team do, right? Will your team win and do you contribute to win shares? And LeBron's always at the top of that list no matter what because he dominates the ball and because he's obviously has one of the best um, box score plus minus, um, which takes your overall stats, combines them, um, and then takes what's your box score numbers. Um, he's at 4.6, James Harden's at four, Russell Rushbrook's at 3.8, Giannis is at 3.2, and Kevin Durant's at two, and then you know is at 1.8. So what this kind of tells me is that, obviously Durant is low because he plays for an amazing team, but DeMar, he plays without the ball so much. Exactly, right? And you also have a, a scoring point guard who, you know, is can, can light it up as well, and Lowry, um, who's been kind of nagged with some nagging injuries. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, it's up for debate for LeBron, James. If those two don't win it, who's kind of like your third in line for them? It's really early to say. Um... But it's gonna be. I would give it. I would honestly probably try to go lean towards Demar over Kevin Durant, even though Durant. Been really, he's been balling. But I'm just thinking, if we talk really most valuable player. Yeah. Demar's having a career year. It's just not. He's he's the lesser of these six, these five other superstars. But yeah, he's yeah. having a career year, and he's extremely valuable to his team. And the third in the East and playing really, really well. I'm sorry, second in the East. Yeah, nobody would expect 26, 5, and, you know, and 4 yeah. from him. Uh, so, and the fact he didn't do it from the three-point line, too. Like, he's the, well, I guess Giannis, too, but one of the only guys on his list who will not shoot the ball from three that well, even though this year, um, I'm sure he's having, you know, a much better year from three. Yeah, he's shooting um, a little more. Yeah, he's shooting it at, what, 37%? That ain't bad. I mean, he shot 122 this year, which is probably a little more if we probably did the math or measure from previous years. Yeah. He's shooting more. He's worked on it. That ain't bad. That's good. Um, rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, start the season, you had... I had Lonzo. Start the season, I had Dennis Smith Jr., Dallas Mavericks. 
and both of them aren't playing like poorly. I think Dennis Smith has had a lot more moments than than probably Zoe, but we probably haven't seen him because Zoe's on TV yep. constantly. Uh, but I do think Dennis Smith was a great pick. I mean, he is averaging 14, four and a half, and four. It's just not for every reason you said. He's not on TV, and they're losing. And there's other there's other players just playing or rookies playing better than him. But he's not playing bad at all. No, not at all. Um, Ball, ten points, seven assists, seven boards a game. Still in a half and a block. He's playing. He's just not the score probably a lot of people want. But that's to me that looks like that's balling to me. To me, that's a solid season. That's a, I mean, you know, the scoring numbers will improve as he gets better and as he figure out, figures out his shot. The fact that he's sharing the ball and getting his teammates involved, and that's one thing that will never go away from him. Uh, he'll always have a place on a team if he can push the rock and he can, you know, uh, make assists, uh, make his play, make players around him better. But he has to get a shooting up. He can't. He, he won't ever be as good as he could. He, he might not always be a starter if he shoots 30% from a three, 35, 35% from the field. Yeah. With two with two point seven turnovers. So all like, those the ball, are the negatives. All the ball brothers have funky releases and like they all do. Not smooth like shots. You would think they would, at least one of them might have like a really smooth release. They're all kind of funky, like chicken arm or across your face kind of jump shots. Moving forward, who do you think is gonna win rookie of the year? You stick you sticking with Lonzo? Nah, I I think Kuzma. Um you know, I, when I watched Summer League, I was like, yo. Remember, I remember I actually called you was like, yo. You watch some league, watch me, watch this guy Kyle Kuzma. Um, My response was that boy's balling, but this is summer league, and, yeah. and I also don't know who he's gonna play. I was saying I don't think he's gonna play with Julius Randle. Just yeah. they were so committed to him and Lance Jr. Yeah, he just, just and took both of their spots. Yeah, it seems like uh, Kuzma's playing well. It's, you know, I think uh, he's at what 17.2 points per game. He is their leading. Uh, it seems like their leading scorer, their leading go getter. Um, you would think Ingram would kind of fall into play on that, but it seems like he's taking a back seat to Kuzma. And I don't know if that's Walton's system um, or just Kuzma just saying, listen, ball's out. Someone has to score. It's going to be me. And I'm taking my shots and, you know, and, and playing well. Um, I think it'd be Kyle Kuzma. But you also have a guy who is not getting any love on any of, you know, the national TV spotlight, but who's playing really well. Yeah, the, the NBA superstars and veterans acknowledge him each time they come into uh, his building or vice versa. And that's Donovan Mitchell, guard from Utah Jazz. He leads all rookies in scoring with 18.5 points a game, shooting 50% from the field, a little over 50% from the field. So that's impressive. He's an elite scorer in this league as a rookie. Um, quick story about him. He wasn't sure if he was going to enter his name into the draft until he played against Chris Paul. And Chris Paul said, you should definitely enter your name. With that being said, also, he, he Donovan Mitchell admitted that he lost to Chris Paul one-on-one without dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> or with one dribble. It was something ridiculous, like he couldn't beat Chris Paul. Where he thought he was bigger, stronger, and he felt like he couldn't beat him. So yeah. Chris Paul is that good still. I believe it. Um... So I think Donovan should win it. Hopefully he gets the love, but he's he's averaging a point and a half more than the next two, which is Kyle Kuzma and Ben Simmons. Speaking of Ben Simmons, he's still 0 for 10 from the three-point line through, <laughs> through 40, 41, 42 games. Well, well, 30. He's played in 37 games this year. Brick. 0 for 10. He's averaging 0.3 attempts a game. That's 
That's unfathomable. Bro. In the NBA. You are a point guard perimeter player and you shot 10 three-pointers and you haven't made one. Every th- every three games you shoot a three. Bro, he hasn't made one three-pointer. Now he shoots the best field goal percentage out of all these guys because they're all on the basket. Right? Their dunks are to the rim, uh, very much like Giannis style uh, kind of plays. I would say I still haven't seen him shoot a jump shot. I would say the last 17 games, I would just guess on that, that defense has probably played him a little differently and his points per game has dropped two points just about. Yeah, and you know, he was, I mean, he's still gonna be a very high assist player because he's big, has a ball in his hands. Um, I wonder how it's gonna work with Markel Fultz when he comes back. Uh, is Fultz just now just a, a pocket shooter? You know, does he become like just a shooter? Um, is he more off the ball? Um, Hopefully he can get a little CJ in him. That's what I imagine. Yeah, a little McCollum in him. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Also, I don't think Ben Simmons should be a Rookie of the Year candidate. He's literally been training the NBA for a whole season. Two off seasons. You had, you know, scouts. You didn't go to, a, you didn't go to a class. All you do is play basketball. And you're getting paid millions of bucks. I don't think he should be included as a Rookie um, of the Year candidate uh, for that very reason. Yeah, but. same thing happened with Blake Griffin. Exactly. Happens. Um, so yeah, those are our rookie of the year MVP predictions. Oh, I still have James Harden. I think they'll pull through. You think LeBron? Uh, yeah, I'm going with LeBron. Uh, for the heart and pride. Um, but my money's with uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Your money's with Russ. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep my money. I like Russ. Money. Okay, money. Russ. College basketball. Woo. There's one player who is taking the league by storm. Before we get to him, there's been like a different waves, but this this recent kid is taking. He's kept it for weeks on end. I feel like the college basketball scene started with this. Who's this kid who reclassified to become a great? Let me step it back even further. It started with Michael Porter Jr. Yes, making that commitment to to Mizzou to play with his to play with his uh, be around family. Yeah, yeah, basically um, with his pops. Right? He hurt his back, so. We're not sure if he would have actualized into where he's being listed in the mock drafts now, or top five still. Currently, I'm looking at him going fourth to Memphis still. Mm-hmm. But with the back injury, we don't we don't know. We don't even know where his deficiencies really lied in the game, playing at this level. So we'll see. But from there, it was Marvin Bagley who reclassified. Bags. He reclassified. I just really found this out that he was actually young. He's playing up. And dominating the ACC, the only player in at least the last ten years with a thirty twenty game Easy. outside of uh, the kid from North Carolina. And his name is just gonna escape me. Light skinned kid. He plays like Kenyon Martin in the Clippers draft. Some one of our listeners would know, but I can't oh remember. for sure, I can't remember. Um, so he's dominating. He's dominating the league. He's a little thin, but he's super skilled. Can shoot the three. Do a, little, do a number of things. He's left-handed, so I love him. Yeah, I mean, Bags right now has the most 30-point games out of any Duke freshman. You think of all the Duke freshmen that's come through that program where Mike Krzyzewski has coached um, and all the great you know, Duke players and Dukies out there. He has the most 30-point games. Um, he is going to lead, I think, Duke uh, to a Final Four, depending upon how and where they're, where they're placed in the bracket. Um, right Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson. Yeah, currently right now they're seventh. Uh, in the in the AP poll, uh, according to what two two uh, day ago two days ago, so they're thirteen and two 
eight and two their last ten, and you know they were pretty good strength of, strength of schedule. Uh, they were ranked second, um, but I do think now what you're seeing more often in college basketball is it's becoming slightly more of a players uh, look like style, where you're looking at guys in college and you're saying those guys have NBA ready moves, right? Like last year, and I keep bringing this guy up, but like Tatum, right? Like I saw him at Duke and I was like, I, I all I had to do was watch 15 minutes of him playing. I was like, he has NBA ready moves. A catch, a turnaround, a jump shot. It looks NBA ready. The guy that is looking that way now, would you say is Trey Young? Right? Where it looks maybe helter-skelter. It looks maybe like Jimmer for Dead-ish because it's college basketball who he's playing with and maybe against. But from an NBA standpoint, the on-ball screens, the, you know, uh, the, the step-back jump, step jump shots, the I can shoot the ball from anywhere threat mentality. The ability to manipulate the pick and roll. Yes. Not to be able to pass off the dribble. Yes. With either hand. Like you, those are things that you can see that says he's point guard NBA ready. You brought up a good point um, where you look at shooters. And typically when you have shooters in the NBA, uh, you know, when you're a good shooter, you have a rhythm. You right, have, you have good balance, yeah. good posture. Good balance, good posture, very good rhythm, and that's even when if, you are a shooter. Yeah, if you're a shooter, right. But when you're a scorer. But when you're a scorer, <laughs> there's a difference, <laughs> right? When you're a scorer. Like for an example, I'm right. I'm right-handed, so I like catching the ball basically and having my left foot forward and then stepping into my shot with my right with my right foot, right. Right. Stepping in, and that's my shot. Trey Young can shoot the ball with his right foot forward, <laughs> left foot back off the dribble from anywhere pull up and it's going in splash yeah just which is an art really you have to work hard on being able to shoot from these different postures and positions that a move will take you from out, out of the dribble or just to throw your defender off as a as a, a, a person who really felt like he took pride in defense that's something you just really notice when someone is comfortable and in a position where they may shoot or not. Yeah. And if you don't know, that is tough to deal with, where he can shoot from awkward positions. And I've seen that from Trey Young, and that's what you're pointing out now. It's awesome. Uh, the number one player, though, in the mock draft is DeAndre Ayton out of Arizona. If you haven't seen this kid. I haven't seen him yet. This kid is dominant. Uh, the league is going to be nice with bigs. He's 7 feet, 260, freshman. He's dominant. Is he a classic big, or is he more of an inside-outside, or like across um, the towns, or is he more like a you know? He's a, more classic, okay. with a little bit of a little bit. Of, he's 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 more dominant. Almost like a Patrick Ewing. A little bit, but he has a little miles turn. I feel like he can step out. He'll be able to step. He'll have a little bit of expansion to his game, Got but it. he's mostly dominating the paint right now. He's in college, uh, so and they have some other players. So don't know his full game. The other player I wanted to point out was a kid out of Texas. He's an African, a seven-footer. Uh, his name is Muhammad Mamba, and he can play too. He's yeah. quick off his feet. He was, I saw him dunk the shit out of a couple of people at Texas, <laughs> the Kansas game. You know, I'm in a Kansas team now. So I was watching that game. Like, Rock Chuck. <laughs> yeah, so the, the big, I, there's a few bigs. These are kids I've been watching. One other person is Colin Sexton's, but, but he's falling off a little bit. He's an athletic guard out in Alabama. Hopefully Avery Johnson shows him how to be a point guard for the next level. I, I think that's what, what it's taking. Um, more and more we're seeing, and we'll probably get into this a little more with the college football, but 
we're seeing obviously freshmen really dominate a lot of these college games um which is still kind of shocking me because you would think even if you stayed and you were just like a mediocre player and you evolved and, and played well at 22 years old you're more developed than you are at 18 and 17. Yep. right so you would you would think that there would be more uh uh talk about some of the older players playing directly against the younger players instantly but it's really the the freshman is dominating most of the headlines the last you know few you know five five ten years ago right i mean this started with the fab five right yeah I mean, it was kind of hard to break into the five freshmen who were better than uh the players that, yeah. that michigan a program like michigan has put together so I think it started then, but yeah, these guys, now it's not so much of a team, but you can pick throughout the country that these players can play. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's better for your stock to just go to the league after this first year, especially also with um, what LeBron James and Chris Paul has renegotiated for that extra max max contract at 33 years old. So you want to get to that league as soon as you can, especially yeah, yeah. and bet on yourself to be great up to that point. Yeah, of course. Um, one person I feel like is taking a dip from that is Miles Bridges, the the, the wingman from Michigan State. Um, that's just one guy I wanted to mention. He was probably lauded, like top five pick last year. Right now he's mocked down to thirteen. Uh, he's getting a little. He's getting exposed. Uh, they lost actually two games uh, recently. Uh, they were the number one seed, and now uh, in the AP poll, now they're. I think they're down. Um, you know, to the fifth spot, I believe. Um, but I mean, Miles is averaging 16.9 points, and he's playing well, right? He's right around yeah. seven rebounds a game. Good outside shooter. Um, he's gonna be know. a good pro. He just may have cost himself a couple million. Yeah, but you know, I'll say this: the reason why I'm not too mad at him is because his coach, right, Tom Izzo, uh, will make you better, yeah. right? Whether it's through heart. Whether it's mentally, whether it's physically, whether it's your skill set, he will make you better. And I think that's one of the only coaches um, that can actually do that. And the NBA will still value that player coming out. And I think Draymond is a prime example of that where he came out and his mental toughness was so strong mentally uh, that, you know, scouts overlooked his on athleticism or him being, you know, I think that he came out like 6'8 and he might be 6'10 yeah. now, but... You know, they were trying to basically unsee his undersized and I what does he like play. Six, six now, and he's about six eight now. Yeah, like you know, what is he? What position does he play? Well, he took a step back. It's like he was developed mentally, physically, and he was NBA ready based on Tom Izzo. So, you know, was, I wonder if Tom's to me, I feel like he was. I feel like he was NBA ready after his fourth year. Like it kind of took him that long. Where Miles Bridges was one and done ready. Draymond so. was never yeah, yeah. one and done ready. Yeah. Um, and you know, now in his fifteenth season. He's gonna be 35, so I don't know if, which means at 33, who knows how it lines up, but that 33-year-old marker where you get that last chance at a max deal, he could rob himself or potentially depend on how his contract situation lines up. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like learning learning that much from uh, Tom Izzo isn't worth the check to me. <laughs> nah, like go to the league. <laughs> if you're if you're lottery, yeah. go to the league. Dog. Go for it. You nah, have to it. now. I feel it, I feel it. All right, let's talk college football national championship. Yo, what a game. What man. a game. So just to recap, um, Georgia, Georgia beat Oklahoma. We don't talk about college football in this pod. No. For a reason, because we both don't like the sport that much no, for various a, reasons. You've all heard on the podcast. But it's a different sport than NFL, that's for sure. This was a game. So this go ahead, was a man. good game. Go ahead. Um, 
Oklahoma beat, or Oklahoma lost to Georgia, and Clemson lost to um, Alabama for part three of their matchup over the last three years. In the in the championship game, Alabama versus Georgia, SEC, Atlanta, Mercedes Dome. It went down. Um, really good game. The Alabama trailed the entire game into the final touchdown thrown by the backup, true freshman quarterback. Same high school as Marcus Mariota. Um, the kid came in and balled. Tua. I can't pronounce his last name. Tua. I don't even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. He's a lefty. He came in and threw that strike. But the standout. The standout of the whole thing, the championship game to me, has to go to Nick Saban. To me, you are so you're so ballsy to to make this change in the natty. It's like we're gonna make this change in the natty and put a true freshman in. However, I did hear they had a game plan ready for the Clemson if yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't play well, as he didn't play well in the championship game, which I'm sure disappointed you. It did. It did a little bit. Um, I wanted to see Jalen get some shine. He had a really good, uh, you know, comeback drive last year. And if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson's, you know, heroics, you would have a national championship in Alabama last year. And Jalen Hurts would have been like the super, the star quarterback, taking and leading a, a game-winning drive. So I wanted to see him get some shine this year. It didn't kind of work out that way. One thing I gotta say though, shout out to Alabama. Shout out to Nick Saban. Uh, I can. You know, unequivocally say this. I think he is the greatest college football recruiter and college football coach we've seen um, in our lifetime. Yeah, it's one thing. It's one thing to say, yeah, you can just coach your ass off. One thing to say, you can recruit. Uh, he can do both, yeah. and he's done both at the highest level in college football. Uh, he has six national titles. Yeah, one with LSU, LSU and then with five with Bama. Todd Bear Bryant as most the most. Since Ever the polar in thirty six, I believe, and he has a top five recruiting class this year. And you know, you have a young quarterback who's a true freshman, and you have all these players that are going to do really well, obviously. And they're going to put you know eight players in the first in, in, in the He's NFL a master draft. motivator too. Yeah, master motivator. So, um, so the kids that are coming back after they after they won a championship is you're not you haven't done anything. That championship means nothing to you and, all year long. That's what they got to hear. And he's earned the respect from the coaches. Like he he can bitch out a coach, yep. and and it's fine. He can snatch the quarterback in the national championship game <laughs> and say, "Who's gonna say what to me?" <laughs> They almost still lost. Like he played well, the kid played well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost still lost. Fucking but nobody would have said shit to him. You know, I'm Nick Saban. What you gonna say? I'm gonna snatch the dude in the <laughs> national championship. That is ballsy. I don't know if people are. I was like, what? Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I, you gotta. You know, it's like I don't care about your feelings, son. I got all these other people. I wish. I wish we. Yeah, twelve million dollars a year right on this. Right, and I have all these other people who make it on this. Not your feelings. I wish Andy Reid would have did that with the Chiefs when Alex <laughs> only completed three passes the whole second half. Yeah. Just yanked them. But so no, I much respect for that. Georgia has some great players. The Ridley brothers stood out to me. Uh, yeah, in the championship. yeah. I thought that was awesome. They got to play against each other, swap jerseys at the end. And both of them had great games. Both of them had. They both told each other how proud they were of each other and how great they played. Calvin Ridley, the, uh, the Alabama receivers, entered the draft. He's going to be a top receiver. Yeah. Well, one thing I liked about this game too is you had this, the underlying storylines of like you know from right from was 
yeah. with Bama, right? I mean, not with Bama, but he signed to Bama. Uh, and, uh, you know, some things kind of happened, and he ended up going to Georgia. Um, you know, the Georgia quarterback got hurt uh, the first week, week one. Yep. David came in, David Fromm came in and just balled out. Yep. Um, people were saying he had a good game. He had a, I think he had a very mediocre to, to piss poor game. He Did missed, he yeah, I think he missed a lot of throws. Um, sure. That could have sealed the deal. And I know he's a freshman, and I know that's we're taking that into account, you have right? To. But at the same time, though, like you look at on the opposite side of the field, uh, freshman literally looked off a cover two in overtime. I think getting sacked, you know, a thirteen-yard sack play, and threw a game-winning touchdown. And we're praising him for you know making those plays, right? So with the good, also has to come the bad, and I think. The fact that we just think that they're going to be back because they're the number one recruiting class in the nation this year, um, that they'll just be back in the national title, it doesn't always work that way. Um, so it's it's interesting to kind of see that, you know, the, the announcers and they were praising from, but he missed a lot of throws, I thought, in the latter parts of that game. Here's what I'll say. I believe that play that Tua made, they worked on for two weeks straight on the look that they'll give. Like they, I feel like they worked on that particular play and when they're going to use it. Yeah, because he, he executed it well. It was almost like a no look. I mean, when you look at it from like the uh, bird's eye view behind the quarterback camera, it was almost like a no look pass. Like he was literally looking the entire time, right, 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 and just at the corner of his eye saw his man and threw it. It was a freshman to freshman connection, uh, national title. In terms um, of From though, uh, From the game against Oklahoma was his first game throwing. He threw it twenty nine game times that game. He, usually they win football games, he throws it 13 times. So, relatively speaking, I don't think he played horribly. He played the number one defense across the board. And this is that was the second game he's thrown it more than 15 times or so. So, yeah. with that being said, I felt like he didn't do horribly. It wasn't what you probably expect, but he wasn't, the, he wasn't the quarterback throwing it 30 times a game. Do you think Jalen Hurts' career at Alabama is done? Yes. See, I don't think so. Um, they don't have a package for him. I think the fact that he's won so many regular season games uh, without taking the risk, I think that's good enough to get you back to the national title. I don't know if it's good enough to win it, but it's definitely good enough to get you back there, right? Because they will always have a good running game. They will always have top talented defense. Nick Saban's a mastermind on the opposite, on that side of the ball. Um, I think Tua is more of a risk because he's airing it out. He's taking a little more risk. With the risk also comes reward, as we've seen. Um, but. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts' career is over. All it takes is literally, and we know Nick Saban, all it's going to take is one or two really bad games, and they're going back to Jalen Hurts' package. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if there's going to be a package for him, I just, I think it's over. I think they're going to have some receivers. They're going to try to play some real football. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, we'll see. Hurts, I like the kid, but... Yeah. He's, I mean, not, he's not a he's not an NFL quarterback either. I don't think. This is the first year since the BCS where we've had a, a two national title championship winners. Alabama, UCF. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they clean themselves national titles. <laughs> and with the Disneyland and everything, bro, that's crazy. I've had some people really argue that they should have had a, t- a chance, and it's like only a top five 
power, the big five power teams are going to make it, period. Yeah, it goes. And go- being American, it, I, and you play two good, three good games of the year. It goes back to, remember when, like, Boise State and TCU and those. That was their argument why they yeah. wouldn't want a team like that to be in. Because yeah. Boise State beating Oklahoma costs them a lot of money, so to speak. And I'm like, I'm sure there's a factors of that, but yeah. UCF couldn't have beaten any of those four teams, I feel like. I, they might have won the first one, maybe just off adrenaline, them just being there, right? But it's hard to rally again uh, and to get, you know, to have that less of a talent. I mean, UCF has a guy with one arm who's getting sacks, mm. right? And, like, how do you tell, like, a, 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 a pro scout, like, yeah, a guy with one arm is beating me off the line? <laughs> like, a defensive end, right? I can use my hands as an offensive player. And he's defender. He has one arm, and he's getting. He had like, he had like he led led team and led his team in tackles. And he had like 15 tackles that bowl game and like two sacks. <laughs> so it was crazy. It was crazy. That is crazy. Um. So odds are Alabama's the favorite next year too, as well, right? Makes sense. They got freshman quarterback who balled out. Top um, three. Top three is Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. Yeah. To be expected. Michigan. Top four. Yeah, whatever. I think I think it'll probably be Ohio State. Shout out to my man, uh, Miles. I think Ohio State is uh, is gonna be right in the mix. Urban yeah, Meyer. Yeah, no. Urban Meyer is just those, hell of those a are the top five teams. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anything else you got? Nah, man. That's it, bro. Uh, hell of a show, dude. Great hell of a show. show. You guys can reach us Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, the Sports Academy. Um, you can reach us online, social media at TSA Sports Talk. For sure. IG, oh. Facebook, and Twitter. Yep, and you know, uh, this is I mean, award season, so we have a lot of awards kind of coming up with you know the Grammys and whatnot. The Grammy nominations came out a little while ago. I know I have some opinions about them uh, that some people got snubbed once again. I know Rob, you got some opinions about them of you know some of the the hip hop nom- nominees uh, or nominations. So um, yeah, next show we might you know kind of go a little more in depth into uh, the Grammys and kind of give you guys some some good information on, on music and, and what we're kind of listening to right now. For sure. If you guys have any suggestions or ideas of who should have gotten some Grammy nods and who didn't, let us know on the social media at TSA Sports Talk. Peace. Peace.